Hey guys, welcome to Home Church Scotland. I'm Pastor Dave and welcome to our weekly podcast. Guys, if you're encouraged by what you hear today, why not check out our social medias? Just search for Home Church Scotland. Or why not subscribe to our YouTube channel where all of our services are live and in full for you to enjoy at your listening pleasure. How good was that, guys, eh? Amazing to see God working in people's lives, isn't it? Yeah, man. Somebody should be more excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to tell you, really, that... um, You've you've sat and you've listened to how in a short space of time Jesus has changed lives. Jesus has transformed lives. And that can happen for you. Whether you're a Christian, been walking with God for years. Whether you've come in here today, you've never really probably heard about Jesus before or you've heard and you've not believed. Jesus is capable of changing your life entirely. We're all capable of hearing something and learning something that's life-changing and that can help us on our journey. I just want to read a little bit about that today from Psalm 118. Before I do that, I'm going to pray, but if you have a Bible or a device, feel free to to, uh, get Psalm 118 up. I'm going to go through to the end of verse 8, but I'm going to read it anyway, So, and they might even have it on the screen, but let me pray. God, I want to thank you for the testimonies we've heard today. We thank you so much for a decision to follow you. And we thank you for the encouragement of seeing how, that, how when one person makes that decision, it can have an impact on others around about them. I thank you for the testimony heard that uh, Caitlin saw that you were real in Katie's life and wanted to ask about it. God, I pray that you would be so real in all of our lives that we impact folk just as we go about our daily business. Uh, So God, I just pray that you'd anoint the reading of this small portion of scripture today and you'd speak into our hearts and lives and challenges and transform us and equip us, God. We pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Psalm 118 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. That's the passage we're on today. I should have said in case there's kids haven't been out and they want to, there's a crash on outside. Thanks, Kelly. Crash on in the cabin for preschool and uh, primary school. Kids are looked after in the, the hall as well. I should have let you go by now. Sorry, guys, I forgot. So you guys can can head out if you want to do that. Um, That's a brilliant bit of scripture, that, isn't it? Are you with me? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. That O, right at the start, a two-letter word, crazy important, O basically means 
emphatically, God is good. It's a, it's a declaration, but it's also gratitude. It's giving thanks to God for his goodness. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Who can testify to his goodness this morning in this place? Lots of people praise God. It says, for his steadfast love endures forever. Steadfast means unwavering love. His steadfast love, his unwavering love, his unchangeable love, his unlosable love. There's nothing that we can do to change the love of God for us. There's nothing we can do to lose it because we actually didn't do anything to gain it. In the first place, we get it anyway because he loves us. But there's something really, really special about something that's unwavering and something that's never changing and something that's there for us no matter what. It says that his unwavering, his unchanging steadfast love endures forever. That's really, really powerful. Because when you think about life and the world we live in, it can be hard at times, to be honest. We're hearing from girls this morning that, you know, from time to time it's been hard for them. And I can testify to that in my own life. But when I think about the stuff in my life that's good, stuff that I love, stuff that I enjoy, stuff that I'm passionate about, I couldn't find one example of something else that endures forever. I couldn't, I couldn't find that. It's like you think about the most incredibly fun thing you can do. I don't even know what that is for me. I quite like roller coasters, but they only last like 30 seconds and they're finished. I, I, like a minute long roller coasters are right good. You know what I mean? I enjoy that, but you're like, woo, and then it's over. <laughs> I, I really like go-karting, but it's like, you spend whatever you spend, like 50 quid and you get five minutes racing this little toy thing and, and it's good fun, but then after five minutes, it's, it's kind of over. Some people, I'll never understand them, right? Some people like university. <laughs> they do. Some folk love that education stuff. Some people like school. It's like, never in my life have I understood it, right? But some folk are at school and, and they love it. And some folk are at uni and they never leave because they pure love it. So they do their degree and then they do a master's and then they do a postgrad and then they do another postgrad because they don't know what to do. And then they become lecturers and they spend up like they're just, do you know what I mean? Like, blows my mind that stuff. But that doesn't endure forever. Like eventually it comes to an end, doesn't it? I love my kiddos. I love my kiddos. They're not really kids anymore. That big one with the pink hair is my oldest over there. Sorry to embarrass you, son. And he doesn't even live at home anymore. And I loved it when my, when my children lived at home. But it doesn't last forever. Eventually they're up and they're out. And so like, if, if I had built my life just around my kids and, and everything about me, my identity, my purpose, and everything was based around those kids, they're not going to be about forever. Even that incredible, fantastic wife in front of you, one of us is going to go first. Sorry to be morbid. But it's like it does, like this marriage will not endure forever because I'm going to go, she's going to go. Hopefully it's me first. I hope I'll leave you, not the other way about. But we're all going to get into that today, right? That's a, it's kind of tangenty stuff, right? 
you, you've, probably, you've probably guessed that money doesn't endure forever. It kind of disappears. And you can have what you think sometimes could be quite a nice little nest egg and then like one or two things goes wrong with your house or your car or your kids or something and then nest egg ain't no nest egg anymore. In fact, there's no, there's no nest and there's no egg, there's hee-haw. Do you know what I mean? That's because money doesn't endure forever. Relationships don't endure forever. Unfortunately, our health doesn't endure forever. We know that all too well, unfortunately. I couldn't find anything that endures forever other than the love of Jesus. That tells me that I can build my life on the love of Jesus. I can put my hope in the love of Jesus because it's unwavering, it's unchanging, and it's going to endure forever. Any time I spend building my life or my foundation on Jesus is not wasted time because what I'm building is eternal and will endure forever. And it's just such a phenomenal message that, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. And then it says, let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. And what that small passage of scripture is simply saying is the love of Jesus that endures forever is for every single one of you. The house of Israel are the people of Israel, the Israelites. So God's saying, for my people, my love endures forever. That would be like modern day people sitting in church like you guys. So for all you guys out here, you can take immense uh, purpose from the fact that God's love for you will endure forever no matter what you do. You didn't earn it so you can't lose it. And then it says, let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. The house of Aaron was like the priestly house. So the priests, so for church leaders, for people like it would see as an authority over the people of Israel. So it's saying, let the people say, let God's people say, let God's leaders say the love of the steadfast love endures forever. And then it says, let those who fear the Lord say. And it talks about those who fear the Lord. It talks about people who didn't grow up in God's house. They, were, they, would be, they would be classed as foreigners at the time, but they came to realize that the God of Israel was the one true and living God. And so they decided to follow him. So it's saying, whether you were born into faith or not, whether you're a leader in faith or not, whether you're someone who's been far away, but you've come to realize that God is real or that Jesus is real, his love for you guys, for everyone, endures forever. There's no one for which the love of God is not available. There's no one for which the love of God is not able to do a work in your life. And I totally love that. And then it says this, out of my distress, I called on the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. We're in a situation, whether you've been walking with God for years or whether you've come in here today and you don't even really know who God is, we've all got the opportunity that when stuff goes wrong and when nonsense hits the fan or when we find ourselves in a really big trial, a really, really bad storm or a really terrible circumstance, we've all got the option in our distress to cry out to God. And this passage assures us that when we cry out to God, he answers us. That's really, really important. And that should actually be life-changing, guys, for every single person in this room, whether you're visiting or whether you're a Christian, because the truth of the matter is, regardless of how long that we are Christians, our first port of call in times of trouble is often not crying out on the Lord. And it no, can be phoning your mum. 
It could be phoning your pal who's not even a Christian and asking for advice on how to deal with something. It can be uh, turning to things that make you feel nice like ice cream or cars or like whatever it is. We're so, we're so, so conditioned in the Western world that when stuff goes wrong, we just turn to the wrong stuff. We know as Christians we're supposed to turn to God. We know as Christians because the Bible tells us that if we come to God in distress and cry on him, he's going to answer us and he's going to say it's free, but yet sometimes it's the last thing that we do. I've never really understood that, but I've not really cracked it either because in truth, even me as a pastor gets that wrong sometimes. You know, something goes wrong and my reaction isn't always, Jesus is going to help me. My reaction is I'm going to fix us or my reaction is like, I don't know, does, does anyone else sometimes take comfort in ranting or is that just me? I mean, like have a wee whinge to somebody, like a wee whinge on the phone and I feel better a little bit. But like even that stuff, like I feel better for a little bit of time because I've had a rant. And then, it, and then that doesn't endure forever. So eventually you end up coming to God. But if you came to God in the first place, You've, you've saved yourself a whole lot of distress, a whole lot of trouble. You've saved yourself a whole, lot of, a whole lot of ranting. And in my case, I've saved myself having to phone someone and say, I'm really sorry I ranted there. I'm really sorry I let myself down. I'm really sorry I didn't display, do you know what I mean? What I should be displaying as a pastor, whatever, whatever that is. When we hit times of trouble, when we hit distress, when we're in times of need, our first port of call should be crying out to Jesus. And we're assured because of this passage that if we do that, whether you've cried out to God a hundred times or whether you've never cried out in God before and you're going to do it for the first time, even maybe today when you cry out on the name of the Lord, call on the Lord, he will answer you and he'll set you free. Now setting us free doesn't even and always necessarily mean he's going to change the situation overnight but it can mean he's going to give you the strength and courage to get through the situation. It can mean he's going to give us a crazy peace in the situation that makes no sense to you or no sense to anyone else uh, walking around about you that you're able to handle what you're going through with such a phenomenal level of faith and peace and hope and trust in God. But God will give you everything you need to deal with anything if we simply cry out with him. We've all got a choice to make when it goes wrong. Are we going to go through this on our own? Or do we want to go through this with God? God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is willing to carry us through our problems. That's quite, that's unbelievable that. If we would just walk in it more, it would be life-changing for us as Christians. Then it says, the Lord is on my side and I will not fear. See, when you've got the best people on your side, you don't need to fear stuff. I was thinking to myself, if I had a five-a-side football team, right, and I had Ronaldo in my team, and I had Messi in my team, and I had Henrik Larsson in his heyday up front, right, and I had, uh, I don't know, I was going to say Boritz in goal, but that's pushing it a wee bit, right, the holy goalie, but you know what I mean, like, who's, who's the best goalkeeper? I don't know, Andy Gorham, I'll give you Andy Gorham, right, worked with him at Airdrie, he was, a, he was an all right guy, right, I've got, I've got like the best five-a-side team going, Ronaldo and Messi's in my team, I'm not going to fear taking on MD at football, am I? I'm going to stow into every game knowing this one's already in the bag. I've got Ronaldo. I've got this one in the bag. I've got Messi. It doesn't matter who turns up. It doesn't matter how good the other five-a-side team are. It doesn't matter how much they've trained. Like, I've got the best players 
in the world here at my wee five aside football match down at Broadwood and we're going to batter everyone that comes up against us there would just be, would be no fear of the match am I making sense? you're all looking like that are you alright? when we've got the best people on our side we don't need to fear stuff and when we've got Jesus on our side we don't need to fear anything we don't need to fear anything that life can throw at us because we know that in our team we've got someone who's stronger than everyone else and everything else. We know we've got someone who can overcome any situation. We know that we've got someone who can help us through anything. And that's really, really, really powerful knowledge to have. That when we've got God on our side, we can face anything with confidence. We can face anything with faith. And we know we're going to be okay. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Other people can't steal what we have in Jesus. Other people can't steal the hope that we have in Jesus. Other people can't steal the strength that we have from Jesus. People unfortunately are going to let you down and when I'm listening to your stories this morning girls I'm hearing that unfortunately sometimes people have let you down your friends have let you down but God's never going to do that some of us might by the way we'll try and it, but we might because we're people and people do that but God will never ever ever let you down and it says that if you've got God on your side what can man do to me and just so you understand how powerful the what can man do to me is this Psalm 118 was sung by Jesus on the night of the Last Supper. There's, uh, there's psalms called the Hillel Psalms. It's 113 to 118. And these songs are sung every Passover. And what was Jesus doing the night he was betrayed? He was having a Passover supper with his people. And it said they sang uh, psalms together. And this is one of the psalms that Jesus sung. And we know the extreme cruelty that Jesus went through. We know the, the anguish and the torture that Jesus went through. And yet just before going through that, Jesus is singing this song. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord and the Lord answered me and he set me free. Jesus still went through what he was going to have to go through, but God gave him the strength to go through it because God can give us the strength to go through any circumstance. But when I think about Jesus knowing full well what he was going to go through, first of all, declaring with total confidence, emphatically, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. That's quite special, isn't it? Jesus about to go through what he's going through. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Jesus knew he was loved through a trial. That's powerful stuff. But when I think about this, this line, it brings it all home. The Lord's on my side, so I will not fear. Jesus knew what he was going through, but he didn't fear. And then he says, what can man do to me? Because man, as I said, man can abandon us. It doesn't take our hope from God. Man can slag you off and laugh at you and belittle you and put you down, but it doesn't steal our salvation. It doesn't steal Jesus off us. And ultimately, as Jesus knows, man can kill you, but it doesn't actually affect your eternal future because that's in glory with Jesus anyway. There's nothing man can do to us. So don't let man steal your hope off you. The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. We've got nothing to fear, not even people hating us. And I've had crazy, unfortunate experience in my life of people hating me. I still think people hate me, actually. They used to hate me for different reasons. I think now people hate me because I preach the truth and some people don't like that. But that's okay, 
because I don't mind if MD hates me because Jesus loves me. So I'm all right with that. Do you know, I know most of you guys love me, I know. Hopefully I'm not hated in the room. Don't say if I am, just keep your mouth shut, right? <laughs> but uh, hopefully in the room we're all right, you know? Hopefully, but I know. Like, it doesn't matter if everybody hates me. It doesn't matter if I lose friendships. It, you know, I've, I've, lost, I've lost family over my faith. I've said this before, I'm, family members think I'm a cult leader rather than a pastor, which is really bizarre because this is just a normal church, do you know what I mean? But anyway, I've lost family over standing on this platform and doing what I do. But there's nothing anyone can do to me that takes the love of Jesus off my life. There's nothing anyone can do to me that takes the hope of my future and eternal glory with Jesus. There's nothing anyone can do that's ever going to take that away. People can beat me if they want. People can definitely hate me and they have done and they do, but it doesn't steal what I have. And what you girls have found can't be stolen from you. So if you, as you move school and I know things have been tough, uh, I'm actually praying it's going to be all right, but as a Christian, sometimes you face opposition. But nobody can steal God from you. Nobody can steal your hope. Nobody can steal what you've, what's happened here to you today. And I think that's really, really, really powerful. And it says this, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Again, man's going to let you down, but God never will. God's incapable of letting us down. There's nothing God can do that can let us down. And so I think about you girls getting baptized this morning. I just think this is a phenomenal message for you. God's love for you is unwavering. It's unchanging. You can't lose it. When you're in times of distress, call on God and he will answer you and he will give you the strength and peace to get through it. And just remember, if God's on your side, man can't be against you. Nobody can be against you. And that goes for every single one of us as well. If God is on our side, no one can be against us and we can triumph over those who hate us. Better to trust or better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Thanks for listening to the Home Church Scotland podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, feel free to get in touch with me. My email is dave at homechurch.scot.com.